Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir and Chaim Aran. We're continuing in this section entitled Malas Toiroso Yisvarov Agdoshin. The, the greatness of Rabbeinazal's Torah and his holy books. And we're up to paragraph 344 in this edition. Rabbeinazal writes that this was on a Wednesday, Parshas Truma, of the year Tov Kufayin, the year before Rabbeinazal passed away, he says, I came in to see Rabbeinazal, and he told me the following story. He said that these days, I, I, I didn't really want to live the way things are, the way things are right now, meaning that for several months already, I don't remember how many, that I'm, I'm yearning and trying very hard to, to know a certain thing because I became aware of it, but I didn't know its source in the Torah, how it's connected to the, to the Torah. And I was yearning desperately to get to know this for several months because how is it possible that there should be something, especially something of great wisdom that, that isn't hinted to in the Torah? But he said, Baruch Hashem, now I found, I found it. I found the, the, the place in the, the connection to the Torah, whereas in the beginning it was very hidden for me. And Rabbi Nezah went on to say, the truth is that there are things that are only hinted to lightly in the Torah. Because we know the Gemara says, Menachas, that there are many, many halachas that are based on every tiny little Koits, every tiny little, the tiniest little drop of ink in the Sefer Torah. However, Rabbi Nezal said, now I found it clearly. I found this thing that I was searching for. I found it clearly in the Torah. Then he went on to say, we know there's a famous statement in the Gemara, where the Gemara says, Leka Dovra by Raisa, that there's nothing in the oral Torah that doesn't, that's not hinted to in the written Torah. And, and throughout the oral Torah, there's always this connection. The Gemara is always asking, what's the source in the written Torah for this item that the rabbis are teaching us? And then Rabbi Nezah went on to say, there are things that are above the Torah. And he said that meaning We've mentioned this in the past. The Zohar Kodesh makes a statement, that the Torah comes from a source above it, meaning on spiritual levels of knowledge, of Chachma, of Hashem's light, there are levels that are above the Torah. The Torah is usually referred to in Sifrei Kabbalah as the sphere of Tiferes. And we know that above Tiferes, you have Chachma and Bina and, and higher and higher levels. But then Rabbi Nezal said that, Baruch Hashem, now that I discovered this item that I wanted to discover in the Torah, now I feel good about life. Because if I had already passed away, and even if I was in the future world to get to know this, what I just realized, it would have counted as part of my Olam Haba, part of my reward in the world to come. But now... Now that I, I came to this knowledge down here on this world, Baruch Hashem, <clears throat> I'm just the opposite. 
I believe that Hashem will provide great, great reward, incredible high-level reward for the fact that Rabbi Nezal struggled so hard in this world to be able to, to get to know this. The next paragraph, Shin Memhei 345, Rabbi Nezal said, we are not really part of the world, part of the current world. And, and for this reason, the world can't, can't handle me, in a sense. And then Rabbi Nezal went on to say that leadership, leadership in this world doesn't really apply to me at all. I, I don't really deserve any leadership in the world, in the current world. And even the little bit of leadership that I do have, authority that I do have, doesn't, it's not really authority. On the just the opposite, it's a joke. And, and this little bit that I do have, it's really against my nature completely to have this authority. I forced myself to be able to accept this little bit of authority that I do have. And that's what allows words to be able to come for me to be able to speak to the world, to present Torah to the world. And Rabbi Nezal said that all of the, the Torah that I've taught and all of the discussions and the stories, if I didn't have at least this little bit of authority that I do have, then, then these words also would never have come to the world. And Rabbi Nezal went on to say that the truth is, if the, ge the generation that I'm living in were not the way it is now, if the words that I've taught were told over during the time of the Arizal, the Arizal lived over about 200 years, more than two, about approximately 200 years before Rabbi Nezal, or during the generation of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi, then there would have been major, would have been major news. There would have been major, major explosion about these words, meaning that the people in those generations were on a much higher level. They would have had a far greater appreciation and understanding of the, the teachings that Rabbi Nezal revealed. The next paragraph, Shin Memvov 346, Rabbi Nelson says, it was heard that Rabbi Nezal said that his holy sefer Likute Maran, that was published in the world during his lifetime, the first, what we call today, book one of Likute Maran, Rabbi Nezal said that this is the beginning of the final redemption, Aschalta de Geula. And he said, that once this Sefer has been published and gone out to the world, I want very, very much that people should study it. Because a person needs to really study it a lot to the point where they can memorize the Sefer. Because it's filled with Musr and tremendous inspiration and motivation for people to want to get close to Hashem and to get close to Hashem that's incomparable. And a person who really studies this Sefer doesn't really need any other Sefer Musr. Everything is, is in this. And then afterwards, Rabbi Nezal said clearly 
that learning his svarim is the beginning of the redemption, which Rav Nassar says, we hope we're going to be able to see very shortly. And then Rav went on to say, it's very good for a person to have two paths of learning Rav Nassar's Sefer, the Likut Imran, the Sipurimaisis, the other svarim, one, one shiur, one way of learning it is simple to learn quickly, to cover a lot of ground in order to be able to get to memorize it, to be able to know all of it. And to have another time, another set time of learning the Sefer with tremendous iun, deeply analyzing every word, every line, because there is incredible depth in Rabbeinu Zalzforim. And Rabbi Nassar says, take a look in Sichai Saran, Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, paragraph 131, where there Rabbi Nassar goes into this also, the incredible depth that's found in Rabbi Nassar's Torah that's infinite. We'll do a number of more paragraphs and then we'll stop for questions. The next paragraph, 347. Rabbi Nassar was once encouraging someone to learn his Sefer. And Rabbi Nassar said, it's a tremendous mitzvah to learn my Sefer a lot. And he said, a person can become very, very smart, a tremendous Balmoyach, by learning this Sefer, because it has tremendous depth and high-level knowledge in it, even just understanding the words, studying the words, even al pipshat, there's tremendous, tremendous knowledge and depth in it. And Rabbi Nezal said, if a person will study his sefer diligently, the person will be able to become a real religious person. And then the person will be able to see the pnimius of his forum, what the real depth of his forum because there is tremendous depth that a person doesn't necessarily see when they're first learning it on the surface. And Rav Nassim a brocha ashray to the person who is to learn and to be masmid, to be diligent, to really spend a lot of quality time learning Rav Nassim The next paragraph, 348, Rabbi Nezal said that in my Torah, in the Torah that I've revealed, there's depth. And he said, especially those Torahs, we know that in Likut Imran, approximately, there's about 400 chapters altogether in both books of Likut Imran. The first Sefer, which was published during Rabbi Nezal's lifetime, and the second Sefer of Likut Imran, which is, was published after Rabbi Nezal passed away, and those are the Torahs that he taught towards the end of his life that wasn't published during his lifetime. So about maybe 10% or less of the Likut Imran is actually Rabbi Nezal's own writing, where he gave Rabbi Nezal his notes on the, on the Torah to copy over. The rest, the other 90%, is where Rav Nosanzal heard the shir, he wrote it down, he brought what he wrote down to Rav Nosanzal, Rav Nosanzal edited, edited it, and gave it back to him. <clears throat> and that's how we have it in the Likut Imran. So Rav Nosanzal said that those Torahs, 
which are Rabbeinazal's handwriting itself, his own actual writing, there a person can study it like one is studying the Chumash, the Tanakh, where every single word, the fact that this word is used and not a different word, has tremendous meaning. There are reasons for every single detail in the wording. And, and Rabbi Nassau said there are times that it seems as if he's repeating something in his Torah, but you should know that it's with this definitely important intention as to why he seems to repeat something. And a person needs to study it very carefully. And a person who has good eyes and will study carefully will be able to understand a little bit of the incredible, awesome depth that's found in Rabbeinazal's forum, which Rabbeinazal says, you, you won't find that kind of depth in any safer like you find in Rabbeinazal's forum. Any questions, please? Reb Nussin, could you uh, you mentioned the level of that was present previously and and in the previous you know with the Arizal etc. and earliest earlier rabbis there seems to be this this going down 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 in terms of what's available um, in terms of people this kind of what is it that's going away and 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 how how is how does this work that it the level just keeps drop or it's I don't want to say level what keeps going down and down and down that people's comprehension is getting worse the answer is it's the it's the level of respect for hashem and torah and it's the, the level of faith in hashem and the the deep deep connection and uh, the, the concept of a person being connected 24 7 to hashem those things the, the people in the previous generations were on, on a higher level people who were, were able to live with much less materialism and be able to achieve higher levels of, of deep devotion to Hashem, love for Hashem, respect for Hashem. Thank you. A question in the chat that's uh, that the, the, the concept of having two organized learnings in Rabbein Zalzfarim one of Bikiyas, one of more learning quickly to cover ground, to, to try to memorize the whole thing, and the other one more in depth, I believe that applies to all of Rabbeinu Zalzfarim, to the Likut Imran, the Sipurimaisis, and the Sefer Amidois, all of them. Any other questions, please? Paragraph 349. Rabbein Azal was once talking about the Likud Imran, and he said that a person could become a complete Balchuva from this Sefer. And he wanted very much for it to be published again and again and spread to the world. And Rabbein Azal said there are going to be people that are going to learn this Sefer, and they're going to daven, they're going to daven with this Sefer, using this Sefer. I remember hearing from Reb Nachman Burstein, Zechon of Rocha, he spoke about this, that there were people who learned Likutim Aran a lot and well, and when they heard Reb Avram Sternhartz davening for the Ahmed, they were able to hear in his davening how he said the words, 
certain words that he punctuated more, that he stressed more, and that the flavor of the wording, that he was davening with the Likute Maran. In the way he expressed the words, whether it was the Psuke de Zimra, and especially the davening on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the, the, the concepts that are presented on Likute Maran related to those specific sentences or to those ideas, you were able to see and hear that he's davening with chapters of Likute Maran. And Rabbi Nezal said, any person who will sit down and study his forum diligently without trying to, to chas v'shon disprove, without trying to find fault in his forum, they'll look at it honestly. <clears throat> Rabbi Nezal said, my forum will open up all the things that are closed in the person's heart. We find that there are people that, that say very often that they feel that their heart is closed. They can't really open up to Hashem in their prayers, in serving Hashem. Rabbi Nezal said in Yiddish, that the, the words of Likut Imran will open up. We know today we have angioplasts and angiograms where a person, the arteries in, in, in the heart or other places sometimes are closed, are stuffed up, and they have to go in sometimes with a balloon or other methods to open it up in order to allow the blood to flow through it. On a spiritual level, we know there's a concept of a person's heart being closed and, and the concept of a heart being opened up and the feelings, the feelings of love for Hashem and the feelings of wanting to come close to Hashem being able to really flow. And Rabbi Nezal said that a person who will study his Sefer well, the person, it'll open up all of these stimot, all of these things that are closed. He went on to say that every person should make every effort to purchase, to buy his safer. And a person who doesn't have money to buy the safer, they should be willing to sell others for him in order to acquire his safer. And a person who doesn't have what to sell, they should sell the pillow under their head to buy the safer. He went on to say that his safer will be very respected and people are going to be searching for it a lot. And it'll be published and published again many times. I saw that in the, the book Tzaddik, they mentioned this is maybe 20 years ago when this was written, that there were over 50 printings of Likut Emran. This is going back 20 years ago. Since then, it's been printed also again and again. But Rabbi Nezal said, I was, yearning, I'm yearn, I was yearning to see this with my own eyes. And to be able to stand on the side and watch people learning it and publishing it. And he said again that those chapters of Likud Imran that he wrote himself, just the wording alone is tremendously beneficial for a person to recite those words because every word is introductions like. It's introductions to new ideas and to more and more. The next paragraph, Shin Nun 350, Rav says, I heard Rav Nezal say that my Torah is all Bechinais. Bechinas this, Bechinas that. The word Bechinas is, is a little bit difficult to, to translate in terms of an English word that really, really explains what it means. 
one of the things that it means is introductions. It's introductions to more and more things. And another thing is that it, it shows the similarities between different concepts in the Torah, different things that you wouldn't necessarily see the connections. And Rabbi Nezal shows throughout his Sefer how this is connected to this, this is related to this, and how, how each thing leads to, brings a person to other things, to, to provide a clear path of how to come close to Hashem through each and every chapter in Likud Emoran. The next paragraph, Shin Nonale, 351. When, when the Likud Imran was given in to be bound, it was it was originally contrisim, small pamphlets like, and it was all bound together to form the first book of Likud Imran, which was published during Rabbeinazal's lifetime. Rabbeinazal said to the people that were with him at the time, to you it seems like this is an ordinary thing, bounding a safer. But there are many worlds that are connected to this and that are, are, are dependent on this. And Rav Zal says, <clears throat> I need to elaborate on everything that took place while that was going on. And if you recall, if you look back at the previous Shurim, in paragraph 184 in Chaim Aran, going a while back, Rav Zal gave us the story of what went on behind that those couple of days when the Likud Imran was being bound. Shinnun Beis 352, Rabbein said that the, the Baldovar, the Sahara, has the ability to cover up a person's eyes tremendously, to block a person from really being able to see clearly. But were it not for that, were it not for that, my, this this safer would bring about an incredible awakening in the world. And in Yiddish, Rabbi Nezal said, the Baldovar can zeir fashtelen, the Sahara can block, can block light from being revealed in a big way. Obrezist, Volter Sefer, Machuyev given a zachzeton of the world. Were it not for that, the safer would accomplish tremendous th things in the world. The next paragraph, 353, Rabbein Azal said that he knows all of the tzaddikim, all of the leading tzaddikim that were in the world from the time of Adam Arishain till now. And he knows where their connection was to Hashem and from where they draw their Torah, and where they connected after they passed away. And he began to mention some of them. He said that the Baal Shem Tov drew his Torah from Bina. The Mizrit Shemagid, who was the close student of the Baal Shem Tov, who took over after him, he drew his Torah from Chachma. And even though generally we say that Bina is lower than Chachma, the, the Bina that the Baal Shem Tov drew Torah from was a higher level than the Chachma that the Mizrit Shemagi drew his Torah from. Then he went on to say that Reb Baruch Mezhubuz, his uncle, the uncle of Rabbein Azal, 
who was also a student and follower of the Mizritcha Magid, he said that he drew his Torah from Bina, from a level of Bina that was lower than the Chachma of the Mizritcha Magid. And Rabbi Nassau went on to say, but I say Torah from a place that's above all of these places. And even if sometimes I receive Torah from these places where these great tzaddikim drew their Torah from, I, that's not what I want. I'm, I'm looking for originality. I'm looking to be zeichet, to bring new revelations to the world. And Rabbi Nezal said that he receives Torah from a place that no one brought Torah to the world yet. Rabbi Nezal says, I heard this from other people who said this over in Rabbi Nezal's name, but I myself also heard Rabbi Nezal praising the greatness of, of the Torah that he revealed. And Rabbi Nezal said, I know the place from which I'm receiving Torah, implying that it was coming from a very, very high source. And it's known in, among Hasidei Breslov, I heard this from Rav Rosenfeld, I heard it from other elders in Breslov, and I believe it's written, maybe from Rav Avram or Rav Nachman, that wherever Rav Nezal uses the term da, when he begins a chapter, and he could run with the word da, it means that he's he bringing down that Torah from the Olam Ho'atzilus, the world that's above the world of the angels, above the world of the throne of Hashem. It's called Atzilus. Any questions, please? Reb Nussan, what would you recommend as the absolute best way to learn Lakudia Moran? For instance, would it be for instance, Reb Nussan has many tapes uh, one can listen to, but is the best to read, then listen, or to, to, to say the Likudi, to fill it the prayer of it, and then to read and listen, or to just listen, or to be with a Chaborah? What, what is the best way to proceed through all the Likudi Moran? The answer is it's hard to, to prescribe one method, and, and it depends on the person also. There are some people who do better with audio. There are some people who do better with video. And there are some people who do better by reading. All of, all of them are good. All of them are, are important. <clears throat> but one thing I would definitely recommend, that the first time a person is learning it, and possibly even the first few times, to, to keep moving. Not to try to understand every detail, etc., but like Rabbi Nezal said, to cover ground, to read it, to translate the words, to, to understand the basic translation of the words, the basic concepts, and to cover ground, because it's it's like a puzzle. And, and in a puzzle, when you're putting it together at first, it doesn't look like it makes any kind of sense at all. But as you keep putting in more pieces and more pieces, it starts forming a beautiful, complete picture. It's the same thing with Likut Yamaran. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld gave a series of shurim in English, which we have on our website, and, and he went through it as quickly as possible. His, his, his goal in the way he was presenting it was to give a person the ability to review Likut Imran quickly. And for those that can, for those that can follow it, it's a very, very good method to learn it for the first time because he does translate just about every line, every statement from the Gemara, every statement from the Zohar Kodesh, the Arizal that's mentioned there. 
the shiurim that I gave were, were more for beginners in Likut Imran or in Hasidus, where I went into much more explanation. Each person has to find, you know, and the the the, the set that was published by Breslov Research Institute, the Likut Imran, is excellent. The translation is actually excellent. The footnotes add a lot. But again, the, the advice is that the first time you're learning it and possibly the first and second time, go from beginning to end, try not to get stuck, try to cover ground. Afterwards, you can go into it much more deep, much more detail. Thank you. The, the term Bina and Chachma being used in the context that we refer to it here does not mention which world it's referring to. Rabbi Nezal said that it's coming from a certain place. We know that Chachma is generally referred to as on the right and Bina on the left. And between the two, when we're speaking in one context, generally Chachma is above Bina. But we saw here that Rabbi Nezal made it clear that he was saying that when he said that the Baal Shem Tov drew his Torah from Bina, and his student got it from Chachma, he wanted to make it perfectly clear that the Bina that the Baal Shem Tov was taking it from was a higher level than the Chachma that his student, the Mizrucha Magid, got it from. The next paragraph, Shin Nun Dalid, said, we know that there's a Pasuk in Tehillim, Sur Meirah Va'asei Toiv, turn away from evil, and do good. And these are two important paths in the Torah. There's tremendous emphasis. The Torah gives us 365 negative commandments. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't look at this. Don't say that. That's Surah Meirah, turning away from evil. Asei Toiv generally refers to the positive commandments, doing good things. Rabbi Nezal said, my Sur Meirah is an incredible Chiddush. When I present things, telling people what they shouldn't be doing, it's a tremendous Chiddush in the way that it's being presented. And, and also, my Asei Toiv is also something wondrous. Because Rabbi Nezal said, I am privileged to really, really do a lot of good. Rabbi Nezal was implying that Hashem gave him the privilege through the Torah that he revealed to motivate people, to inspire people, to, to do good, to improve. And my Torah accomplishes a lot in the world because through my Torah, all hashboys, all shefa from heaven comes down to the world. And Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in several places on the Kutimran, showing how when Torah is being revealed, that's what brings about the flow of Shefa from above. And Rabbi Nassau was speaking to one of his students, and he said to him, what do you do? You work, you, you, you sell wheat. You do business with wheat. Your business also is coming through my Torah, through the Torah that I reveal. It's interesting to note, I saw this in, in the, the book Tzadik, that Rabbi Nezal chose the term chita, the Zohar Kodesh says, that the word chita is Bigimatria 22, referring to the 22 letters of the Aleph Beis. 
And this is why the Gemara tells us that it's very good for a person to have wheat in the morning, to eat bread, pashachris, because that opens up the person's mind to study the 22 letters of the Torah. Here, Rabbeinu Zal said that you, your business is wheat, your wheat comes from, from my Torah. We know the Torah is referred to as chita, as dogon. Now, Rabbeinu Zal made a very powerful statement. This is part of this paragraph 354. Rabbeinu Zal said, there are two groups of people that I, I have tremendous pity on them. The first group is those people who could come close to me and they choose not to. And the second group is those people who come close to me. They study my teachings, and, but they don't fulfill what I, what I teach. Because I know that there's going to come a time when the person is going to pass away, Rabbeinazal used the expression when they're going to be lying on the ground with their feet to the door, which is when a person passes away, that's what's done usually before they carry the person out of the room. Then the person is going to look in, at, at themselves very, very well, and they're going to have major, major regret over the fact that they chose not to come close to me or not to listen to me, not to fulfill the things that I tell them to do. Because then the people will realize that had they come close to me and had they fulfilled the things that I've taught, there wouldn't be any level in the world that I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to be able to help them to be able to get to. But then it's not going to, at that point in time, this regret isn't really going to help them. And Rabbein Azal said, if Moshiach will not come soon, then the world will be yearning for me in a tremendous, tremendous way, more than they yearned for the Baal Shem Tov. And this is an incredible, incredible prophecy that we're seeing nowadays. When I say nowadays in recent years, that Rabbeinu Zalzforim are spreading world globally in a big way, the Sforim, the Shurim, whether it's audio, video, the written word, whether it's in Lush and Kodesh, in the Hebrew language or other languages, and there's a tremendous, tremendous desire that the people are, are searching for these Sforim, people are learning these Sforim and being affected. Just to go back even 40, 50 years ago, The majority of Jewish bookstores, religious bookstores, would refuse to have Breslov Sfarim displayed in their store because there was so much opposition or et cetera, et cetera. Today, that has changed completely, completely, where the popular, the very popular Jewish bookstores that sell Jewish books, Rabbeinu Zal Sfarim are being displayed prominently and being sought and being sold out very quickly. A new safer comes out, it's put there in the front, and people are buying it, you know, very, very quickly. Baruch Hashem. We hope and pray that it's a sign that we're, we're getting closer to the finish line. Any questions? Paragraph 355. 
Rav Nassazal says, someone told me that Rav Nassazal was once praising his the, the Torah that he revealed to this person. And Rav Nassazal said, a person needs to really do everything they can to acquire his foreign. Because even when a person isn't learning them, even when they're in a bookcase in a person's house, it's a tremendous benefit for the home. Because he said that his sforim are a tremendous protection for a home to protect the person's wealth and money and possessions from any harm. And Rabbi Nassau at that point mentioned a particular wealthy person that he knew. And he said, for him also, it would be a major benefit for him to have my safer in his house. It'll be a tremendous protection for everything and to ensure that he'll be able to retain his wealth. And Rabbi Nassau told the person that he was talking with at the time, speak to that wealthy person and encourage him in a big way to acquire my svarim. And Rav Nosanzal here points out, take a look in the Sefer Yemei Maranat, Rav Nosanzal's biography, <clears throat> paragraph 29, where there also he spoke about how Rav Nosanzal was yearning so much, he wanted desperately for his svarim to reach the Jewish people, obviously not for any personal kavoy, it wasn't because he wanted to become famous or anything like that. More, he wanted to be able to, to accomplish, to see the results that his forum could bring about by people who were learning them properly. And Baruch Hashem, we see today new forum coming out all the time, new opportunities for people. There are people who have the gift of being able to write forum, to write commentaries, explaining the Likud Emran, the Supremaisius, the other Sfarim, or just new printings. <clears throat> there was a Sefer that was that came out about 30 years ago, maybe even more, Siach Sarfei Kodesh, which is a collection of many of the traditions. It's something like Chayim Aran, but much more in detail, telling many, many stories that are not found in the Chaim Aran or in other Sforim about Rabbi Nezal's life, Rabbi Nezal's life, and the lives of their students up until recently. And it was originally put out by one of Rabbi Yitzchak Bender's students, based on Rabbi Yitzchak's shiurim. Rabbi Yitzchak Bender, was one of the people who had a very good memory and had heard many of the traditions of Breslov and told it over in his shiurim, and people recorded it, they wrote it down, and that resulted in this Sefer Siyah Sarfei Kodesh. That person, the person who published it originally, Rabbi Vram Weitzendler, passed away, unfortunately, maybe 10 years ago, suddenly, and one of his sons, at, at, at the, the, the Sefer Siyah Sarfei Kodesh, there were people that looked it over and felt that there were some inaccuracies in it, some things that, unfortunately, people write things down and not everybody hears things exactly the same way. And unfortunately, even the shurim that were recorded of Rabbi Levitzel Bender, the, the technology at that time, the machines that people were using were not the most expensive, not the best quality, and very often you couldn't hear clearly what he was saying, and it resulted sometimes in misquotes, people quoting things in pra, etc. So the, the son of Rabbi Avram Weitzhendler, 
took the task, put together a team of people, and went over all the original Sikh Saran with, with a microscope, examining each and every Sikha, going back and checking the recordings and checking the sources and reviewing and making corrections where necessary and coming out with a whole new printing, a three-volume set of this Sikh Sarfei Kodesh, which is an incredible job with footnotes and sources for every single thing in there. And just recently approached me that people told him this has to be made available in English. And he found someone who started working on this and recently gave me pages to look over to see if the writing style is the right one. And I'm about to look into it, just looking at it at an example. And I know he was pleading with me that this, uh, this project, like all of these projects, costs money. The time that it takes for a person, a translator, to do an initial translating and then an editing, all the work involved, costs a lot of money. If anyone can and is interested in supporting this project or printing, publishing Rabbeinus Asfarim, that's one of the important channels that the, the monies that we raise are used for this purpose. Any questions? The next paragraph. One question about English versus Hebrew. The people who learn all of Rabbeinazel's teachings in English, as distinct from those who learn knowing Hebrew, what is the difference in terms of what they're getting? The answer is that the, the English language, any any language other than Hebrew or Yiddish, it's it's almost impossible for them to be able to convey the exact flavor that that Lushen Kodesh, that the Hebrew language or even Yiddish present. So there is a certain level of authenticity in the Lushen Kodesh, in the Hebrew, and, and in, the, in the Yiddish language that's very difficult to capture in other languages. I know, for example, the Breslov Research Institute and some of the others have done an incredible job, I would say possibly the best job possible, of trying to be as loyal as trying to give a person the clearest translation possible, the best translation of the original works that are in Hebrew and Yiddish. Thank you. The next paragraph, Shin Nun Vav, 356. There's a chapter in Likud Imran, chapter 60, which begins with the words Posach Rabbi Shimon. It's based on a quotation, a quote from the Zohar Kodesh. And this shir was given by Rabbi Nezal on a Rosh Hashanah. And it's an incredible chapter on Likut Imran. All of them are incredible, but the Rosh Hashanah shirim are obviously in a class of their own. And this one especially, this chapter on Likut Imran was actually what introduced Rabbi Nezal's Sipurim Isis where he explained the effectiveness of stories in, in, in inspiring a person. And Rabbi Nezal spoke about different levels of stories, recent stories, ancient stories, besides many other concepts that he speaks about in that chapter on Likut Imran. And in one place in that chapter on Likut Imran, he explains, he speaks about the shofar waking a person out of a deep sleep, a spiritual sleep,
And at one point in, in that chapter, we could run, Rabbein Zal says that there are people who are going through life, even learning Torah and praying, but it's all in a state of sleep. They're not really alive. They're not really alive. And it's brought that when Rabbein Zal said those words, the students that were listening, some of them who are very religious, righteous people, started crying. Rabbein Zal said that it's possible for a person to sleep away their whole 70 years, to spend the 70 years in a state of sleep. And the students started crying to the point where Rabbein Zal had to pause, he had to stop and wait for the crying to subside in order to be able to continue with the Torah. That's the level of, of emotion and, and deeply affecting the hearts of the students that were listening to the Torah that took place when Rav Enizal spoke, especially on Rosh Hashanah. Afterwards, when Rav Enizal <clears throat> gave over that Torah for, for, for printing, for publishing, Rav Enizal said that this was a beautiful wedding. He said in Yiddish, Sigeven Hashem Chasenkala. He not just the wedding, he used a, 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 an endearing term in Yiddish. Chasana means a wedding. Chasankala is like a cute, a cute way of saying wedding. This was a beautiful wedding, and it would have been nice to invite all of the heavenly hosts to come to the wedding. Rabbenazal said this to Rabnosanzal. And Rabnosanzal said, I'm sure that they were here. I'm sure that they were present. Rabbenazal said, Minastam, which means apparently, probably. And here of Nachman Shirin adds, I heard that at that time, Rabbi Nezal said to his students that he had the ability to hold them for three days, 72 hours, three days and three nights, and speak words of Torah and take them to a level where they wouldn't know whether it's day or night. Like it says in the Zohar Kodesh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal spoke about that kind of level of Torah. And Rabbi Nezal said that he had the ability to give over Torah in that, on that kind of level. The next paragraph, 357, Rabbi said that all of the shirim, all of the Torah that he revealed before he traveled to Eretz Yisrael, he doesn't want any of that to be published. Only the Torah, the Shurim that he gave after he was in Eretz Yisrael, he said there, every word has to be written down. Not just the official Shurim that he gave, but even conversations with, with individual students, everything should be written down. And Rabbi Nezal warned to make sure to write down all the things that we heard from him. And he said, once things are written down, even if you don't remember it right now, you can always go look it up at a different time. You could look at the, the, the book. But those things that you hear from me, you should know you're not going to hear it again because Rabbein Hazal was, was always in, interested in originality, new things, new revelations, new explanations in Torah. Therefore, it's extremely important that you be able to remember everything and, and write it down. Make sure you write down every conversation, every story. And Rav Nassim Zal says that because I heard these words from Rabbi Nassim, 
this motivated me to start writing down the conversations that I heard from Rabbi Nizal, the things I heard from him directly, or that I heard from other people. But unfortunately, only a fraction of what we heard from Rabbi Nizal was written down. Meaning, everything we have is a fraction of the things that his students heard from him. The next paragraph, 358, Rabbi Nizal said clearly that every single conversation that he had with us, a person could become a completely religious person, not just a religious person, but a complete tzaddik for his whole life, like I would want, Rabbi Nizal said, like I would want the person to be a complete tzaddik. If the person is serious about listening carefully to what I said and fulfilling it exactly the way I told them to. And Rabbi Nazal says, any person who heard Rabbi Nazal speak could testify to this. They knew that this was definitely true. <clears throat> and he goes on to say that even nowadays, when we learn Rabbi Nazal's words from his forum, they have an incredible power to inspire a person, to motivate a person, to want to really be religious to the best of their ability, to a person who will pay close attention, study carefully the words that are written in this Sefer. And so too in the other Sforim. Rav Nosazal is referring to the Chaim Aran and the Likutim Aran, all of these Sforim, because every single conversation of Rav Nosazal was very inspiring and, and showed, defined a clear, good path for every single person on every single level to be able to serve Hashem. Even a person who's on a very high level, very advanced, could get significant advice and a, a good path for coming close to Hashem from every conversation of Rabbi Nezal, every sicha, not just the Torahs. And so to a person who's on the lowest level spiritually, as far away from Hashem as they could be, the person could again draw clear advice and a clear path from every single conversation of Rabbi Nezal to save himself from chas v'shalom going down into the, the worst places and to really return to Hashem, if the person will take Rabbi Nezal's words seriously and try to do everything they can to fulfill the advice that Rabbi Nezal gives with honesty, with sincerity, without any over-sophistication. And Rabbi Nezal adds, Ashrei, fortunate is the person who will, who will hold on to the, Rabbi Nezal's words. Paragraph 359, Rabbi Nassau once expressed in wonderment, he said, by the general world, everything is the same. The Zohar Kodesh, the Zohar Kodesh commentary on the, on the Chumash, and the Tikkun Zohar, people look at it as, as being similar. But Rabbi Nassau says, I understood from the way he was saying it, that people are very mistaken in this area that there's an, an incredible difference between the Zohar Kodesh 
and the Tikkunei Zoyara. Even though the Zoyara Kodesh itself is a very holy Sefer, but still it cannot be compared to the incredible holiness and the deep secrets of the Tikkunei Zoyara. We know that the Zoyara Kodesh is one of the basic, basic Sforim of Kabbalah. However, the Zoyara Kodesh has a tremendous amount of Musr, of stories, and discussions, halacha discussions in the Zohar Kodesh. There is also Kabbalah, but the Kabbalah is maybe 25%. The Tikkunei Zohar is much, much more intense and concentrated. I remember my Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld was once giving Shurim in Eretz Yisrael in the introduction to the Tikkunei Zohar, which is a number of pages, and every line required tremendous explanation. And he was talking, he wasn't talking to them uh, on a most advanced level. He was talking to beginners and even to the beginners, even to give us the slightest understanding of what the Tikkun Ezer was about. It took, it took uh, uh, hours to explain a few lines on the most basic level. Paragraph 360, Rabbein said that when I teach Torah, what I'm giving you is the smallest, the psoilest, the, the, the lowest, lowest, lowest part of the Torah as I received it. And it's thousands and tens of thousands levels filtered, shrunken, from the way I understood and received this Torah. And Rabbi Nezal said, I can't take it down any further down. Meaning that he, he brought the, the incredible depth of Torah that he understood, he brought it down as far down as he could in order for us to be able to relate to it, for us to be able to study it and be able to benefit from it. The next paragraph, and we'll close with this, paragraph 361, Rav Nosan says, I heard it told over in the name of Rav Nosan that there are, there are Torahs that he has without garments, meaning that he cannot provide a garment, a filter in a sense, for this Torah. And Rabbi Nathal said a, a quote from the Gemara, where the Gemara, sometimes a rabbi will, will mention an idea in Torah, and he'll mention a Pasuk associated with it, but the rabbi makes it clear that the Pasuk is not the source for the idea. The Pasuk is just something similar to help us relate to the idea. And in that case, the idea itself is, is definitely on a higher level than what he's connecting it to. So too, Rabbi Nezal said that the, the Torah that he reveals is, is on so high a level sometimes that the only way to connect it to a Pasik or to a Gemara is derech asmachta. It's showing somewhat of a connection to help us relate to it. But it's not that the Pusik itself or that statement in the Gemara is the source or gives you a 100% clear picture 
of the idea that's being revealed. And Rabbi Nassau said that the fact that sometimes we would see that before he gave a shear, before he gave over Torah, he was in a very big, intense state. And it seemed like he was struggling. He was struggling very hard. He said that the struggle was all about trying to take this Torah that he achieved on such a high level and be able to bring it down and filter it and put it into garments and words that could be presented, that people would be able to hear and be able to relate to. And this, this is what took tremendous effort. And Rav Nassazal says that we saw this, that many times before he began to speak, he would sit with us for a while, and we saw him struggling. We saw an intensity, and we saw a struggle. Even though he wasn't saying anything, you could tell from the movements that there was a major struggle going on, and then he would open his mouth and start speaking. And Rav Nassazal says, I once saw this with my own eyes, before he revealed chapter 20 in Likud Imran, which is one of the famous chapters entitled Tes Tikunin Yakirin Ismasrin Ladikno, speaking about nine holy tikunim that are given over to the beard. This is a, a quote from the Zohar Kodesh, where the Zohar Kodesh speaks about Hashem's attributes of kindness. And that chapter in Likud Imran, it, it was again a shear that was given by Rabbi Nizal on a Rosh Hashanah, a very, very incredible shear. And Rabbi Nizal says that I saw that when Rabbi Nizal started the Torah, when he quoted from the Zohar Kodesh, those words, Tes Tikunen Yakirin, he repeated it several times again and again. And each time he said it, he grabbed onto his beard from both sides, and, and it looked as if he was going to—he was tearing the beard out of his face. There was such intensity at the time, such yira, such masira snefesh, that but before he started speaking. And Rabbi Nassau once said that any time he has to do something in public, it's very, very difficult for him. And when he when he had to when he wanted to speak Torah, deliver a Torah lesson in public, it would seem to him that as soon as he's going to start speaking, his soul is going to leave him. We know there's a pasuk nafshi yotzabedabroi. My soul comes out in my speech. And so too when Rabbi Nizal would make kiddush on Friday night, Rabbi Nizal said it's it looked. As if the moment he's going to start saying Kiddush, his soul is going to leave him. There was such an incredible deep intensity, a spiritual intensity, when, when he did these things. A, a reminder that people hearing the things we're learning here, like, what's the purpose of this? The purpose of this is for us to be able to realize the value. When a person, sometimes a person goes into a jewelry store, and, and the, the jeweler shows them a particular stone and then another stone. And then the jeweler brings out a, another stone somewhere from somewhere in the back. And he says, take a look at this. And he starts describing the difference between this stone and the other stones. Those other stones cost $1,000, $3,000. This stone cost $85,000. And a person looks at it and it, it doesn't look a thousand times bigger than the other one. You're right, it isn't necessarily physically bigger, but there's a level, there's levels of quality. And if Rabbein Zal wouldn't tell us 
the level of quality in the things he, he shared with us, we wouldn't know. And the fact that Rabbi Nezal did say these things and Rabbi Nezal wrote these things down is for us to be able to know what we have, for us to be able to know and appreciate the treasure that we have and to make sure we use it, to make sure we use it properly, to take these forums seriously and to, to be able to get the, the, the real benefits that we can from them. A question, how is an asmachta different from bechina? The, the term asmachta is used when, when a person says something and they want to show, they want to bring a source of something that could give you an idea. It gives you sort of an impression from the distance that of, of the idea that's being presented. That's the term asmachta. It's something to lean on. It's not directly related. It's not the thing itself. It's something to lean on that's similar, similar enough that you see, oh, there is a source for this. There is a source for this. It's not exactly the same, but I, I see there is a source. It seems that the term bechina is something more uh, of showing a connection between the two things. A question in the chat. Someone recently warned me that Sir Sarfei Kodesh wasn't considered very reliable. Can the three-volume set the Rav just spoke about be considered absolutely reliable? The answer is that I am not qualified to be able to say that term absolutely. What I can say is that I know the person who put it together, tremendous Talmud Chacham, and he didn't do it himself. He put together a team of Talmud Chachamim to research every single paragraph in the original Sir Sarfi Kodesh. And if there were any things that weren't clear to them, they made note of it. And, and the things that, that and, and there were corrections made to the original. And again, tremendous amount of sources, footnotes and sources regarding just about everything that's in there. So I believe that it can definitely be relied upon you know, to a much greater degree than the original Sir Sarfei Kodesh. Wishing everybody a wonderful week. We're in El now this week, Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday is the yard site of Rabbi Avram Sternhartz, one of the giants of Hasidic Breslov of the previous generation, who passed away in 1953, who was the rabbi of many of the rabbis of Breslov of the previous generation, including my Rebbe's Rav Rosenfeld Zechron Avrocha, Rav Michal Dorfman Zechron Avrocha, Rav Moshe and Rav Nachman Burstein Zechron Avrocha, and many others. We hope to have a, a, a Suda in honor of his yard site on Wednesday morning after Shachris in the shul, the Breslov shul near my home that's named in his memory, Oyer Avram, and we hope to go to Haram Anuchais afterwards to, to read Tehillim at his kever, and to represent all of us there, Mitzvah Shem. His chus should be a bracha for all of us. We should be zechah to the gula shleima of him here of Yameinu. Amen v'yamein. Amen. Thank you, Rav Nelson. Amen. A question in the chat. Is there a song from Rabbi Nachman that's said to be played when Sadiqim are led to Gan Eden? There are, I hear again, unfortunately, I'm not the best source for this. Rabbi Nachman Burstein was one of the best. There are some others that know these. 
there are some some of the tunes in Breslov, the tune that's sung for Rishchidosh, which is brought is is a one of the most special tunes. There's the song of Eishes Chayel. Some of these nigunim, you know, the, the, do have that type of specialness. Thank you, Rabbi Yes, very welcome.